Hey guys, welcome back to the 30-something podcast with Sunny. I am Sunny Abada. I'm so glad you're here. Um, this is the podcast where we talk about all the things that make the stage in life so fun and so complicated. We talk motherhood, self-care, and second chapters, uh, changes and pivots people have made in their lives. And today's guest uh, has actually embodied all three of those and 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 still does. Aaron Ehrenberg is the founder of Totem Women, which is a company that produces not only products for the new mother, but also is an online destination for women seeking a sense of community after giving birth. So Erin's background um, is, it's actually quite varied. She worked with Indiegogo when that was just getting launched. Uh, she worked with uh, major agencies. She had fun jobs in entertainment and um, in the IP world. And between all of these opportunities and somewhere between child two and three, Erin decided that it was time to strike out on her own and start this company, which uh, in her words is dedicated to making a woman feel whole. I actually stumbled across Totem, interestingly enough, on a late night nursing scrolls like a lot of moms know what that is you're nursing your baby at whatever a.m. hour and um, you fall into some sort of a rabbit hole of people tagging and links and whatever so a friend of mine had tagged totem women's lactation cookies in one of her posts and as I click through to the totem women profile um, I was just immediately drawn in not only because of its aesthetic but also because of just the vibe that the company gives immediately, which is that it's a very welcoming, warm, and sort of there to serve the mother vibe. Erin um, has had these cookies for moms on the market for uh, several years now, and they're available for purchase on her website. But she said her company is about more than just nourishing the mother, literally. It's about nourishing her spirit and her soul, too. And that's what I love about Totem Women. Like so many people I've interviewed before in this space, Erin um, saw a hole in the market. She saw something that was lacking, and she went ahead and filled it not only with a product, but with a, a, a space for community, a space for connecting. And I love that. We talk in this podcast about how far we've come in the past seven years, because that's how old each of our oldest eldest children are, how far we've come in that period um, in connecting moms. I feel like when I had my first baby, there were certainly bloggers and there were certainly sites that were dedicated maybe in part and parcel to helping new moms feel a little less alone, but nothing like it is today where you have entire wonderful sites dedicated to connecting women with resources and products that can help them heal. And Erin has it so right on her about page on her website, totemwomen.com, where she says, it seems like everyone loves a pregnant woman and a baby, but the person at the center of that story is often forgotten. And that's what Totem Women speaks to. And that's the void that it seeks to fill is that sort of caretaking space for new moms. So we talk all about um, her incredible cookies for moms. By the way, you can have them if you're not a mom either. I asked her that specifically because they look incredible on the website. Um, we talk all about her business, where it's headed, and some very specific advice she has for new moms. There are some products that she recommends that I stand behind 100% that will make the lives of new moms a little bit easier. We also talk about that age-old question, can you really have and do it all as a new mom, and what her experience was like going back to work, like back to an office environment after having her first two kids. So it is chock full of great stories and great information. I hope you enjoy it. As always, any product that she mentions, I will go ahead and link um, in the accompanying blog uh, post to the podcast. So check out sunnyabata.com for that later. In the meantime, everybody enjoy. This is Erin Ehrenberg from Totem Women. Uh, 
yeah. So with launching Totem, we had sort of a slower start than I had initially intended. I had been working. So by way of background, I used to practice intellectual property law and I moved to LA to be really the first executive director of a foundation, um, the Academy of Country Music's foundation. They put on an award show every year Mm -hmm. in Vegas, and it's on CBS, like 40 million viewers, and they wanted to differentiate themselves from the CMA, which they both unfortunately just are acronyms that everybody confuses. They wanted to differentiate themselves by through their charity. So I was the first executive director they brought on, and it was a really fun job. I got to work with a lot of uh, amazing talent, and then you know the whole team that surrounds talent, and just it was an amazing. It was a great opportunity. From there, I worked at two different tech companies. Um, you know, on a, a really high executive level, and then also for a talent agency, I worked for WME. So in these roles, um, you know, I loved my work, and I had always been a super ambitious person. And then when I became a mother, everything changed for me. So, um, but I had, you know, where I was going with this in terms of totem starting slowly, I had the initial idea or really, it was more than an idea. It was like this relentless, desire to do something for women as they become moms from the time that I had our first child. But I kept working for other people, just sort of these awesome opportunities would come up and I would think I can't pass this up. It's really great money or, you know, I'm working with amazing people. But I stopped listening to my instinct about what I wanted to do. So I found myself really down and was talking to a mom um, at our daughter's preschool show before the doors open for the show and just telling her I remember saying I feel like I'm being dragged behind the bus of my life my personal intention is to put my children first um but I keep not doing that because I'm on this sort of treadmill and I have these expectations about what it means to be a modern woman and how much I should be working and what my ambition should be and it turned out she's a she was an executive coach for ambitious women so I was like "Mm, this is crazy and it's particularly mom. So we worked together. I was really excited about finally launching Totem. Um, and then I found out I was pregnant with our third and, and then we decided to move across the country. So there were all these things that were sort of amazing things in my life, but really focused me back on what my priorities were, i.e. making sure our kids and their well-being and really that precious, first few months with our new baby were number one. So, you know, Totem, the growth path has been slower than it might have been otherwise, given my personality, but it's also been very intentional because my family is number one for me. Right. Well, so, so rewind then. So for the first two children, you were actually working outside of the house and it was only right before the birth of your third that you kind of ventured out on your own, right? Exactly. Wow. So, so when how, I had our first, yeah, um, how, yeah. Who, the, what job were you in with the first? Was, sure. Was it the, so the country music job. Nope. I was at um, Indiegogo, the okay. crowdfunding company. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I had been the third employee there. So the founders had launched the company, and I came on really early. It was really just the five or six of us, and we grew it to over a hundred and twenty person company. We went through a Series A and then a Series B. And I had a really key role there that, you know, if you've ever worked in a startup environment, they just sort of give you whatever 
job title they think you'll like, but then you just do everything, right? So I was <laughs> SVP like of, what's that? <laughs> kind of sounds like motherhood. We're just yeah, like, exactly. this title, it doesn't mean anything, but you'll do everything. <laughs> you'll do everything. Yeah. So anyway, it was, it was a large role. I cared deeply about that job. And then I had our baby and I was so overwhelmed with how much I love being a mother. I didn't expect it. I was, not even a little girl who played with dolls. I didn't babysit. I was, and maybe you relate to this being from Pittsburgh, but Steubenville, where I'm from, is a really tiny town. It boomed in the 50s. But since then, there's just a lot of poverty. There aren't a lot of job opportunities. So I was constantly looking out and like, what's bigger? What's more? Where can I go where I can really grow and see more of the world? And I was really blessed by my mom who took me, you know, I traveled to 40 countries by the time I was 18 with my mom. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I, I always had sort of like big eyes, like a big appetite for the world and learning and, and creating. Um, and I wasn't thinking about kids. I just wasn't. And, um, you know, when I got married to my husband, I was 33 and then I had our first baby and I was 34. Um, and I was just overwhelmed by how much I love it. I, I, I feel like I was looking everywhere for my purpose and then I met our baby and it, it was all just right there. And I, I met this new person inside of me too, this really warm, patient, loving, soft person. And I just, I fell in love with that version of myself too. Um, but then I didn't know how to assimilate that with everything else that I, I knew of myself and I had been for so long. And really, I think that the world tells us about what we need to be. I mean, I, I kind of have this beef with modern culture where it, we just get the message right now that we as women need to be doing absolutely everything and including launching our own businesses. Like it seems like that that's become not this standout thing. It's almost like de rigueur, like, Oh, what's the business that you've launched? And I think that's all great. I, I love the opportunity and I think women are amazing leaders. Don't get me wrong, but it can feel like a lot when you're a new mother and you're trying to explore that and give it its due. Yeah, absolutely. I completely relate, by the way. In fact, it was just having a conversation here in the podcast studio before we started recording here. Uh, very similar experience where I feel like I did not, I, I don't know, I, did, I always wanted kids. Sure, it was like sort of the part of the package of, of mm -hmm. getting married, but it really right. didn't appeal to me in some like visceral like need to do immediately or right away. Right. And um, I find that a lot of people who are sort of more on the career track end up being surprised, like you said you were, yeah. by, by how motherhood impacted them. Let me ask you this. How, how was your experience going back to an office setting after that first child? It can be really horrible. turbulent. I, it was horrible. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so were you, still, were you still breastfeeding and you had to pump? Or yes. how did that look? Yes. Okay. And so that was, and it's, it's not a slam on Indiegogo. I absolutely love that company and I love the founders and everybody was just finding their way. Right. And, and I think we were going through our own growing pains as a company. We'd gone from, you know, it was five or six people and then quickly became this company of 120. And we were trying to figure out what that meant for all of our roles. And we were having to grow up with our systems and our processes and how we treated people. And, you know, I, during my maternity leave there, I was still in contact with our CEO really regularly for, for everything from, you know, the new hires that we were bringing on to, 
you know, what we wanted our partnerships model to look like. And so I didn't feel entirely like I had a moment to catch my breath and enjoy being with our new baby. And I, leading up to going back, I was so tearful. I was so emotional. I was nursing. And so I went back and I was pumping. And at the time we were in this, the LA, there were only four of us who were in LA. Um, and there were the, the lion's share of the people were in San Francisco where HQ was and some in New York. So to give you a visual, there were four of us sitting in one big room and that was our office in this kind of like Santa Monica, um, high rise. And two of the four were men. And thank God for my colleague, Daniela, who's actually taking over Totem's Instagram today. <laughs> She's since become a holistic health coach, but she at least got it from a woman's perspective. She hadn't had her baby yet, but, um, I was pumping and trying to find a room to pump and find the time to pump. And, you know, the guys just really didn't understand it. And, you know, in some ways were inappropriate and, you know, I would pump in the public bathroom and oh, on a, a business trip uh, to our San Francisco headquarters, I remember looking everywhere and that was a big shared co-working space and I was the first mom and I remember running around trying to find a place to pump because I was engorged after this really long meeting that I couldn't leave. I mean, I quote unquote could have and I've learned now how to be an advocate for myself, but at the time I felt like I couldn't leave. I was engorged and I ended up pumping in the stacks of this like kind of odd library that was the the next door office space. So I was like down at the end of the row, just like praying somebody wouldn't walk in on me pumping. So mentally for me, it was just jarring and discombobulating. Those are the best words. And with that, I saw my milk supply fall through the floor. Um, and I think other moms will relate to this, but you know, I think we're all trying to figure out, am I good at this mom thing? And then we can make this assumption that the, the number of ounces that we pump out is the metric around how well we're doing. And I felt like I had gone from feeding my baby really kind of handily. It wasn't an, it wasn't an issue before I went back to work. Our nursing relationship was wonderful and I felt really proud of that. And then I was like eking out an ounce on each side and it was so depressing for me. Um, and that's where I actually ended up making the lactation cookies that we sell today because I, I was also starving, you know, I was blowing through these long work days and I wasn't feeding myself properly. I had, I was craving something that was that would fill me up and I could eat it quickly. But I, more than that, I wanted somebody to take care of me. I felt like I was taking care of everybody else. Like the expectations of my colleagues, I was taking care of our baby. I was taking care of my husband and his family and all of their expectations. And I just wanted somebody to give me a hug. Like my grandma's gone. And I kept thinking about her and thinking if Nana were here, she would give me a big hug and she'd probably feed me something. And I, so I started looking for a lactation cookie, like something I could eat that would fill me up, um, and taste good and help me make milk. And you know, sadly, what was on the market at the time was just, it wasn't, they didn't taste good. And I felt like, well, I'm not going to eat a cookie that doesn't taste good. So well, it was actually tea, in San Francisco. That, what's that? Or the tea that it's just like, yeah. kind of like gasoline, but I would chug it just to Yes. Like. <laughs> it's just like herbs, like gasoline slash, I don't right. know, like chewing on your garden for a while. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, I was on one of those trips that I ended up making our recipe with my, um, my husband's uncle, who had been at 
a, the COO of Mrs. Fields years before. Oh, wow. So I made the cookies and they worked for me and I was just giving them to friends and colleagues and neighbors and anybody who had a new baby because I was happy that they worked. Yeah. I mean, I, and, and I guess that's sort of like the um, actual product that your brand was launched on. But since yeah. then, Totem Women has come to serve women in other ways too. And I love that you have right. a blog section of your site where women share their experiences on parenthood and, and motherhood and managing, yeah. managing life along with being a parent, being a mother. And um, it seems like a place, um, in addition to the products that you make, where you are just nourishing women's souls too and and, and yeah. giving them that sense of community. I know I've spoken pretty openly about this, just what I call the lonely the lonely days of early motherhood with your first yeah. one especially. And I'm curious to know if that was sort of a driving factor behind this too. Of course, the products mm -hmm. are great, but just knowing that when people go to your site too, they can feel a sense of community because I can definitely <laughs> feel it when I go there. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I mean, you nailed it a hundred percent. And so fast forwarding to working with an executive coach on Totem, um, you know, I, when I chatted with her, I told her that I had this intention from the time that I gave birth to our first to create something that served women when they became mothers, because it was my experience that there was so much attention and even conversation and vocabulary around pregnancy and birth. And then once I had my baby, <laughs> I, every struggle I had, I was like, well, what book do I read? Like what site do I go to? Who do I talk to? And I found that there was very little. And I think now there's even more than there was seven years ago, thankfully. But I, it was just astounding to me that women go through this massive transformation really in every part of our being and there's there's really not a dialogue around it. And I love that there's now, I don't know if you've heard that, I'm sure you have, because you're kind of in the space, that um, there's the term matrescence, kind of like adolescence. Oh, yes. uh -huh. It's like the coming the of age for a mother, right? Or coming into yeah, herself. Yeah, exactly. Like the transformation that a woman goes through when she becomes a mother. And I think we need more vocabulary like that to help us realize that we're not alone. Because I think what happens is when, you, when you're going through any kind of struggle, and you look around and you wonder if anybody else is talking about it. If you don't find that readily, you can get into a place of shame, which is awful, especially for someone who's just done something as miraculous as given birth and then nurturing a new life. Um, and so I just felt both from a service perspective, like where my heart was, and then also from a business opportunity perspective, that there was a lot of space to do mm -hmm. something real there. And so when I was speaking to my executive coach, I said, look, I think what one of the things that's held me back from launching this is that I don't want to quote unquote, just have a cookie. Like I don't intend this to be a CPG business. And I'm looking at like getting into a hundred doors in the next two years. I want to serve the woman who's become a new mother. And if the cookies are our little brand ambassador that can go out there and help women and give them a, a hug in the form of a cookie, that's great. But what I want to create is more sweeping. And so my intention with launching Totem at the end of 2017, it was really early 2018 that I launched and got product in people's hands was just to plant the flag for the brand. Like get out there, put together our brand DNA, put together a site, have a, a you know, some kind of presence on social where we're clear about 
who we are and what we stand for, start to tell other women's stories. And then as we do that, you know, get the product in people's hands and, and really launch a business so that we can understand what women need right now and then serve them. And so we've come a long way in that space, even as I had our third and we moved across the country, you know, we've done things like events and digital activations. And I've just really kept my ear to the ground in this space. Um, and without telling you too much, we have uh, some people very interested in coming on and helping me grow Totem in the future. And so I'm really excited about doing more for moms and for women. Are you able to say if that um, if the future will involve more of the community building, more of the actual products that you're getting into people's hands? Yeah. Or are you able to sort of like give us a little? Sure, hint? of yeah. course. Yeah, I think um, it, more on the community building side and more on the more providing women with a program and a resource that will help them feel whole as they become mothers. And that's our mission. I mean, it should have started with this. So totem means whole in Latin. And the reason for that is that I think the word balance just doesn't work. We all talk about it, mm -hmm. um, but it just doesn't work. I mean, as mothers, but like you said, it's like being one of the first people to start up. You have to wear so many hats and you don't even know what those hats are going to be on any given day. So I think the idea of balance, when you strive for that, it it's, kind of sets you up for fail, for failure. Um, but wholeness is something that to me, we're allowed to define what wholeness means to us. And I think that might look a little different for every woman, but the sense that you know, from the perspective of our body, our mind, our relationships, our career, our identity, we can feel whole. That's what I'm really interested in. And so our next offerings will all be around really connecting in with women and helping them feel whole. And I think the community piece is absolutely a huge piece of that. Also expertise and helping women everywhere feel the sense that they can become whole after they've mm -hmm become mothers. I just interviewed a, a few weeks back the author of the fifth trimester, Lauren Smith Brody, oh, cool. and the book is all about, um, of course, we know what the fourth trimester refers to that period of, like you said, um, coming into yourself as a mother, healing mentally, physically, bonding with the baby. Yeah. The fifth trimester, as she has designated it, is that time where we go back to work. So knowing mm -hmm. that you have been a mom that's been in the career arena, both out of the house and in, in home, like as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur, I'm curious if you have any advice for women. Uh, the fact is a lot of people do go back to work. For some women, it's not a choice. They must go right. back to an office to a designated schedule after giving birth. I'm curious if after your experience, you can boil down some specific tips that you might give to moms yeah. who have to go back, even if it's something as simple as, you know, I don't know, there were certain you know, bags that I used to disinfect my pump when I was working or yeah. you know, like certain specific things. What, what can you tell a mom who's headed back? I think that's a great question. So the first thing um, that I would say to women who are heading back to work or even thinking through what that might look like for them is that just know, even though it feels like a binary decision, it's not. It's fluid. And I agree with you, you know, for many, many women, going out and bringing in an income is not a choice. However, I think a lot of women, and I think your question is around when it, when it is a choice in some regard in terms of, you know, how you work, how much you work, 
do you stay at home? All of those, you know, kind of the, the layers of that decision. Women, I just see them struggle with it because they think it's binary. It's like, am I going to be a full-time stay-at-home mom or am I going to be a career woman? And it's not. It is something that can be fluid. It is something that you should be checking in with yourself on an ongoing basis about what's right for you and your family. And I mean, you probably know as your kids get older, their needs change. And it may even be, you know, they may show you as they get a little bit older that they need more of you at home um, rather than less based on whatever your kids are going through. And so number one, that it can be fluid. And it's something that you can constantly check in with yourself and, you know, be in communication with your partner around what's working for you and for the family. Um, and then in terms of practicality, I think it's really important to look at your decision around childcare and how that affects your work decisions. You know, are you in a situation where you can afford to have a nanny or a regular babysitter versus are you looking at daycare? Get really clear and kind of even handle it like you would an assignment at work where you even make a chart of like, okay, what was the option of having somebody come into home and help us look like what are the costs around that? What's kind of the cost benefit versus daycare versus me, you know, working from home and taking on most of that, get really serious around that. Also, I think it's really important for women to realize that they can and should be in conversation with their employer around what works for them. Like I remember going back to Indiegogo and one of the women working there, she was this like amazing empowered French woman. And she said in this like gorgeous accent that I won't try to replicate. <laughs> she was like, Oh, I, after I had our first baby, there was no question that I was only working three days a week. And I thought, wow, like I really wish I had that. I, I wish that were like, on the table for me. And I don't know why I didn't think it was on the table. I, I had thought about it in such a binary way. And I was only thinking about what my employer expected of me. And I want to go back to that, that person at the time, like, I want to go back to me at that time and be like, girl, this is a sign like you should look at working three days a week. And maybe if I had done that, I would have sustained my career there a little bit longer. You know, I ended up jumping out when our son was 10 months old and I was a full-time mom for about four months. And then another opportunity came to me and I took it. But when I took that opportunity, I did work three days a week and I worked 20 hours and I was super clear about what my needs were. And it was actually for an agency. So they're the best negotiators ever. Sure. Um, and because I stood in my truth with that, <laughs> they were probably expecting you to come in with like, you know, a couple of yeah. demands or requests, you know, being yeah. in that business. Exactly. And I mean, I did. And I came and I was like, I want 20 hours a week. I'm going to be in the office Tuesday through Thursday. And this is what I want to be paid. And I thought they would really talk me down. But the thing was, that those were my terms. I wasn't playing a game. Like I felt like if I'm going back to work for somebody else, these are my terms. So I think it's super important for women to get really clear on what you want and really write it down like in a perfect world without thinking about what your employer expects or even your partner initially. What do I want my week to look like based on my values and what I want right now? Get really clear on that. Have the conversation first with your partner and then with you know the whether it's you know your head of HR or your direct report feel empowered to have that conversation. It's just a conversation, right? I mean, you're not saying take it or leave it. This is 
what I need, you can have the conversation because the biggest thing that I've learned is that it's not up to our employer to just look at our situation and provide for us this perfect setup for us. That's not their job. Their job is to grow and to bring in revenue. And of course they want to set up a culture where people are happy, but it's really, if you don't communicate to them what you need, they really have no idea of knowing. So get clear on what that is and ask for what you need. What about any specific products that got you through pregnancy and the early days? Like I know for me, the I, we used the boppy. I, I by the third yeah. baby, really, I did not buy a single thing. But I think for the first one, if, <laughs> we're, if we're talking to a first time mom, some of those little contraptions that got you through. Um, anything you would suggest that new moms actually spend their money on that's not a waste? Yes. Okay. So I am big on talking about everything that's after the hospital bag, right? Because I think our culture, we talk a lot about like the registry and what to have when you're pregnant and then what to put in your hospital bag. And then for me, like shit gets real when you get home from the hospital. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> and so that's where I, that's kind of my area. I loved, if you're going back to work and you're pumping, I love the Medela microwavable bags that you sterilize your pump parts in lived for those things to the point that when I worked at an agency, the guys would be like, do you make chicken breast every day? Like, are you (laughs) literally, that's what What they thought I was putting in the microwave chicken breast. I'm like, no breasts are involved, but no chicken. I know you say that and they just run red faced. (laughs) It's always the best answer. Just like someone saw me walking one time with my breast milk in a bag in the hallway. And I was like, yep, it's my breast milk. And they're like, Oh, I'm never going to look at it again. hundred percent. Totally. Absolutely. So I love those. There's also, and I can follow up with the link after, cause I don't have it at my fingertips right now, but there's a company now that if you're traveling for work, they'll actually like ship your breast milk back for you. Yes. That, I'm gonna look that I up. think that's genius. I think that's a game changer. I, I was always schlepping breast milk through TSA and it was just needlessly embarrassing. Um, milk stork is what I'm finding online. Does that milk, ring a bell? Milk stork. Yes. Exactly right. Yep. Love oh that. Okay. Um, what, how, also, by the way, why did all this cool stuff come around after we had kids? Why did this not exist seven years ago? <laughs> but you know what? Aren't you so happy it's happening? I feel like we're in a zeitgeist. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's just, it's shocking to me that in in such a short period of time, we could have learned. So how do we not know this? I mean, like the needs have always been the same. And I think yeah. even seven years ago, we were relatively modern enough and um, advanced yeah. enough sort and progressive in our thinking that someone should have um, implemented all these wonderful things. But anyway, I digress, I you know, but, but tell me your other products. That okay. You so this is a simple hack that I learned from a girlfriend of mine and it's amazing. And I know like no one else who does it. Before you have your baby, go out and buy extra large condoms, fill them with water and freeze them. And they're the perfect thing to put between your legs when you're healing. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that is a to- like the first and only time I've ever heard that. And it actually makes sense. Doesn't it? The okay. shape of them, they just go, you know, between your legs, certainly not inside. Right. They go between your legs. Oh my gosh. And you can put them like inside your postpartum underwear. And you know, when you're just like hanging out, healing and breastfeeding those first few weeks, they're really great. I mean, I love the things I would all, this is the other thing too, steal whatever you can from the hospital. Like Like everything, I would go into the bassinet drawers and just like 
empty them into my bag. Uh-huh. But I love the cold packs that you like crack and can sit on. But the the condoms with frozen water in them were just free. That's they were genius. a genius level move. Oh my gosh, that's so genius. Okay, yeah. I love this. We're, we're going to jot this all down. And by the way, guys, I'll, I'll put links in so that everybody can find this. Stuff <laughs> to Magnum. I'll put the Magnum links. <laughs> no, you guys can find that one on your own. <laughs> what has the podcast turned into? I know, right? Oh my goodness. Um, um, anything I've, else that comes to mind? What's that? Yes. So I love the um, the belly bandit, the bamboo yes, one yes. that kind of helps you with just fluid retention and, you know, kind of the leftover pooch after you bring the baby home, which is totally normal, by the way. But it just was this peace of mind for me. I'm wrapping this thing and I would love the results when I woke up. I would love to like take it off and see I was getting a little bit closer to back in the same zip code. Well, and it didn't feel like kind of a hug too. I would always say I just yeah. love that feeling. And I had a C-section delivery with my first and then two V-backs. And with every one, it still gave me that, especially with the C-section. It just like, it just mm-hmm. hugged me. It was so nice. Yeah, absolutely. Loved it for that. Um, what else? I love... This is kind of local to LA, but I think they're going to do national delivery soon. I love Mother Bee's um, postpartum food delivery service. So I think it just any kind of food delivery in your area. But one thing I learned, and again, I learned this so late. I really learned this with our third baby. But in the postpartum period, you should really only be um, consuming warm foods. So anything where you can get kind of broths and warm vegetables and, um, proteins and things like that, uh, even delivered, um, is great. Oh, that's interesting. What's the reasoning that like the science behind the warm food thing? So it goes, so there's a book that actually mother bees put out, um, called the first 40 days. And they talk a lot about how warm foods really help restore our, they, they restore a sense of, um, balance in our bodies and they restore um, the just positive properties in our blood that we need after we've lost so much blood after childbirth. Um, and there's sort of like the cold is shocking to the system and your body's working on closing back up and becoming yours again and also nourishing another body. So any warming foods just really nourish and enrich your blood and your healing. Oh, I love that. Okay. Anything else you can think of? And then we can link all of this for all of our friends here. Yes. Um, this is, I really love, um, a great robe postpartum. I love the company Lunya, L U N Y A. They have, they're more of a splurge, but it's the kind of thing where if you can add it to your registry or just tell a mother-in-law or your husband's looking for something nice to do for you. I love, there's so much like sitting around in a robe and it's nursing accessible and it's, you know, you can heal well in a robe. I'd love to have a beautiful robe postpartum. Um, trying to think. I love the yo-yo stroller, that stroller that you can use and like flip it out with one hand. Oh, you I've never that? seen that. No, but it's that's really good. Yeah. It's like a great lightweight stroller. I've, I've frequently sworn at my stroller as I'm trying to open it. I'm like, <laughs> this, what, why do I have rage against inanimate objects? I don't know, but it's worse after having children. Stroller. I'm like, oh yeah. my gosh, it's horrible. I always say to the, um, the Lansano, what is it? Um, in the purple tube, the nursing cream. Why oh, the nipple cream the nipple cream yes yeah that's really it? good I also Lanolin. love um there's a brand called mother love nipple cream okay it is the bomb and not only can you use it for nipples but <clears throat> a lot of my mom friends in LA would use it for kids like older kids chap faces like when you had that like chilly weather outside and it would get dry you could put on their little chap cheeks you could put on your lips 
So, yeah, the Mother Love Nipple Balm is great. Mother Love Nipple Balm, writing that down as well. And have you Oh, just... one last thing. Oh, Frida yeah, Baby, have you seen that they have a postpartum kit now? No, but they are known for the booger sucker. I know that. Yes. <laughs> so they have the booger sucker, but they also now have a postpartum kit. And they have this um, perennial wash in there that actually has, like, a, a directional nozzle. So I always thought it was so weird that you have, like, that ketchup bottle and it yeah. only squirts down, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my god all the moms are laughing right now yeah so when you have a yeah. baby a vaginal birth they give you like yeah like you said it's like a ketchup bottle it's really squeezable mm -hmm. and they're like fill this up with warm water and squirt yourself I'm like what is what wow. is life right now but so <laughs> it's like more <laughs> I'm like am I go well how what direction am I going so <gasps> does this one have like some specific instructions on it yes no okay. it has a nozzle that actually turns up Okay. So it actually works. So you just squeeze it when you're on the potty and it goes back up where it needs to go. It's Frida. I they, mean, you know, they conquer all these awkward things for us. They really do. And the booger sucker is one of those things that you register oh. for and you immediately want to vomit because it's like, the thing, <laughs> you know, you're literally sucking a booger out of your baby's nose, but they have this little barrier that catches it. Um, the filter. Oh my gosh. Isn't it funny how like our shame just goes out the window? Has that been something? I know that I enjoy that about motherhood. I feel like it's the yeah. ultimate sort of like stabilizer and, you know, it, it just brings everybody down to the same level. What has surprised you most about, about motherhood besides that? Oh, wow. Um, I think the richness of the friendships that I've made after motherhood. I mean, the whole like find out who your friends are, but I think it's our, I think it's a woman's version of kind of being in the trenches. Mm -hmm. You go through all of this stuff and it's, it's really in the most sacred parts of your body, right? Like your vagina and your breasts and these things that you have like one relationship with your whole life and then everything you, you really go through it man and so and also emotionally and so when you meet women that especially the ones that you have your first baby at the same time with and the ones who really keep it real and open up to you and make you feel like you can talk about this kind of stuff they just, they have such an important place in your life. Um, that, that was a wonderful surprise for me. Yeah. I find that talk about like painful nursing boobs or like healing mm -hmm. up from is like the Im immediate conversation starter and just really mm -hmm. can crack the surface. I don't think everyone is willing to go there, but you're right. You no. know, you found your people. If they're like, yep. oh, yes, check out my nipple. Like I can't get this <laughs> duct unclogged, you know? Do you watch work and moms? Oh Have my gosh. I love yes. work and moms. Yes. Yeah. I'm obsessed. I went through this yeah. third season in like two days, but Same aren't they here. just, I wish they were, again, I wish they were real people that were around when I had my babies. <laughs> Same here. It's Same amazing. Here. Oh, I, I've so enjoyed talking to you, Erin. I want to, I'm going to sort of, you know, include all of the links in the blog post that accompanies this podcast too. But if there's anything else you want to put out there, any other advice you have for moms, I would love to hear it. Um, yes. So I would say, when you're going through everything that you're going through as a mom, and I focused a lot on that really raw period, like the fourth trimester, but these struggles are ongoing and they look different. I just think the more honest we can be with ourselves and with people that we know care about us, it's just, we, we just need that to heal. Um, find your safe people and talk about what's going on with you. Motherhood is not easy. I don't think our modern culture is really set up in a way that helps us. Everything from being far from families and not really living in the, the quote-unquote village anymore and the whole the loss of kind of allo parenting where you have aunts and uncles and cousins all looking after each other and just social media. I mean, it can be great. And I 
I feel like Totem on Instagram is a great place where women connect and, and can be real with each other. But a lot of social media just can make us feel crappy. So I don't think it's an easy time to be a modern woman, let alone a mom of little ones. So I think, you know, find people that you trust and be willing to open up to them about what's going on because I bet when you are, you'll find that they do it in return and it's that sense of community that really helps us heal and helps us feel good. I love that. I always say if it helps one woman feel less alone, it was worth yes. sharing because there are many days that I look back on my very colorful online catalog and I'm like, what in the <laughs> world did I share that story? But know, I'm sure there's one other person out there who's been in my shoes at that point. So absolutely. I love that that's behind your mission. Tell us where to follow you and where to find you. Um, by the way, can you eat these cookies if you're not a nursing mom? Because they're yes. so good. They're not going to make me like start lactating again, are no, they? Dear God. They okay. So the three <laughs> active ingredients are all natural things. It's brewer's yeast and flaxseed meal and old fashioned oats. So do not worry and then they're just full of like healthy fats uh pistachios pine nuts almond butter um organic eggs and grass-fed organic butter just like yummy things that are good for you my husband always eats them most of our testimonials are like my husband ate the whole bag sometimes i'm like do i need to rebrand these are these That's like hysterical. husband support cookies <laughs> Um, no, everybody safe for the whole family. Actually, one of our huge wins when we first launched was that Chrissy Teigen was eating her totem treats going into LAX and it happened that TMZ captured her and like played it on the night of the Oscars. So that was amazing. But she was pregnant at the time oh, and amazing. she put on her Instagram like, oh my God, I didn't know these were lactation cookies. But I think people think if I had actually figured out how to make a woman start lactating, I'd be a billionaire. You know what? That's so, true. There's, there's nothing really that, that works well for that except that, right. that awful tea that we talked about so um okay well good to know you're at totem women on instagram sorry yeah so at totem women it's t-o-t-u-m women plural w-o-m-e-n.com or um at totem women on instagram and then totemwomen.com those are the platforms that i where i'm most active and you know if you want to get in touch with me please reach out we love uh sharing mom's stories too so if you have a story that you want to tell please reach out. We'd love to help you tell the world, get it off your chest. Well, I'm glad we finally got the chance to talk because I've been following you, did, you for so long. This has been so fun. Um, thank you for carving out a few minutes for us, Erin. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for the platform. Have a wonderful day. You too. Okay. Bye. Such a fun interview with Erin. I really like that she got very specific on the products that she recommends. Um, so thank you to Erin for taking a few uh, moments of her time. This has been years in the making because I've been following her for so long. So I'm grateful she took some time out for us. As she mentioned, you can follow her at Totem Women and find more on her products and her, uh, I guess, new chapter on TotemWomen.com. It sounds like they're going to be expanding their offer quite soon. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at SunnyAbata, S-O-N-N-I. A-B-A-T-T-A. -T -T -A. Thank my parents for the complicated spelling. Um, and go ahead and just drop in my DMs, guys. Let me know what you thought of the episode. And if you have any requests or ideas for upcoming episodes, I'm really good at stalking people and getting them on the show. I've only been turned down several times. I am proud to admit. So let me know your thoughts and your feedback. I'm always glad to hear it. And uh, don't forget to check out the blog post on sunnyabata.com, like I said, which will have the links on the products that Aaron just mentioned. Thank you so much for listening. If you don't already, I'd be so grateful if you went ahead and 
clicked subscribe or took a few minutes to leave a rating and a review. By the way, I give goodies away to people uh, randomly on ratings and reviews um, on my iTunes page. So I check that out. I follow it. And um, I'm really grateful for anyone who's taken the time to uh, leave some feedback because that helps to get this information into the hands of people who may need or enjoy it. Um, And yeah, I'm grateful for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of 30 something and I will be back next week with more good stuff. See you guys.